You are listening to the Living Way Church podcast. For more information about Living Way Church, go to livingwaychurch.cc. Uh, this morning we have a real treat. If you're uh, if you've never been to Living Way Church, my name is Ted. I'm the pastor of Living Way, and uh, we have had a mission team uh, out of the country in Honduras, and we just got back Friday afternoon, and we barely had a day uh, to get ourselves our brain calibrated, and today we're going to share a little bit with you. Now I'm going to share a little bit about what we did. You're going to hear testimonies. You're going to see a video. We're going to do a drama. You're going to hear more testimonies. We're going to do a little bit of music. So it's going to be, uh, we're going to share with you what we did. You're going to hear uh, as many stories as we can fit in. Uh, It it was life-changing, and I want you to know something, that anybody can do mission work. This This year we had two seniors with us. And uh, you're going to hear from them, or at least one of them, and uh, you might think, well, you know, that's a young person's job. No, we are all called to be missionaries and to spread the gospel. So, uh, and we, our youngest was, our, our oldest was 83, 81, 83, and that was Miss Lucy. I'd never taken seniors on a mission trip. I was worried. I had no reason to be worried. They led the group in so many dynamic ways. And our youngest was 12. So we have 12 to 83. Let me tell you a little bit about what we did. That's pretty awesome. Alba was 12, and she was great. And so uh, if, if you have a heart to share the gospel outside of America, then missions work. By the way, we're called to all be missionaries. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Every one of us is a missionary. Uh, tomorrow, you're a missionary. This afternoon, you're a missionary. Uh, we had the opportunity to travel to Honduras and be missionaries, but we're primarily supposed to be missionaries here. So here's what we did. Uh, we flew into Tegucigalpa, and then we traveled to Lepatereque. And that was a, a, a town about an hour, a little bit over an hour and a half, outside of Tegucigalpa, up and down and through the mountains. Uh, we had rustic accommodations. We lived with the, with the mules and the chickens and the roosters that crowed 24-7. Uh, it was great, and it was a beautiful city, beautiful little town, village. We ministered in nine churches uh, in uh, one town, eight villages in, in just three days. We did music. We did drama. We did testimonies. We did preaching. We fed kids meals. We played with them. And we loved on them. We gave the gospel message through crafts and through preaching and through testimonies. Every person on our team shared their salvation story at least once, some of them more than once. Uh, We did that in Lepatitake. And Pastor Omar, the guy at Bethesda, where we based out of, this is a man who, who just saw the need all over the mountain area. And he began to travel to areas where there weren't churches, and he began to just plant churches. And it was like the Apostle Paul. Then he would just kind of find somebody in the community who, who could read the Bible and preach it a little bit. And they became the pastors. If they could pray and preach about a little bit and love people and knew how to harvest grain, uh, corn rather, because <laughs> that was a big part of what he did. Because a lot of these villages, the kids don't eat but a few times a week. So what he did is he made sure that each church uh, was becoming self-sustaining and learning how to feed the children in their villages. And so he's a big part. Like you go into some of the churches and there's a, a corn silo in the back corner where they were actually uh, using that to process food and to feed the children. 
Pastor Omar is a relationship we're going to have for a long time. So some of you guys are going to get a chance to meet him and his wife. Amazing people in Lepotireke. Then we came back to Tegucigalpa after five days, and, uh, and it was in that middle frame where two of our team members who couldn't be here today, uh, Michael Pham, he's in the Army and on uh, maneuvers, and Lauren, who's actually still stationed in Honduras, will be home in three months. Uh, they got engaged while in Honduras. He popped the question to her when we were up on the mountain next to this big statue of Jesus overlooking Tegucigalpa, and he proposed to her. In Tegucigalpa, we did a variety of things. We primarily uh, based out of a place called Casa David, Casa David, and what it is is a place that houses people who come from all over Honduras to the city hospital. Some of them, if they didn't have this place, they'd be sleeping on the streets, and they provide them meals. And what we did there is we we prepared the meals, ate meals with them, got to know them, prayed with them, shared devotions with them, did worship with them, and we did that every evening. During the day, we also went to the hospital there, and in the hospital, we did devotions, and we did worship, and we did uh, testimonials, and we did crafts in the children's ward, which we had to climb eight stairs every time we went to the children's ward, uh, eight hospital stairs, which are like, you know, twice the size of a normal floor, so we had to go eight flights of stairs to get to the children's ministry, because the elevator is only uh, reserved for particular individuals, so it's, it's, if, if you could go in a time machine and go back to hospitals like 100 years ago, that's kind of what the hospital conditions were there. It was, it was, if you were a nurse, you'd be like, your head would just be blowing up because like that, 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 you know, but it's just the way they did things. We went to the children's ward uh, three times, and, we, and then we also went to the emergency room and we are the emergency waiting area, and we did worship and prayed and passed out sandwiches and food and cookies, and, and uh, so we did a hospital ministry, and then we also did a children's orphanage two days. We went to a children's boys' home and a children's girls' home, and in those places, we did music, dramas, testimonies, gave them food, gave them a lunch, and we prayed with them, and we played with them, and you're going to hear some of those testimonies. So now we're going to watch a video, and you're going to see some of that in action so you know the context of what you're about to watch. Here you go. That was awesome. Who wanted to go? Now that after you watch it, you're like, I want to go. We're going to go again. Um, we're going to be uh, probably going to Haiti and possibly Honduras both this coming year. So be listening for details on that. We're going to have our Honduras team come up at this time. Some of you guys uh, down there and some of you up here, kind of like what we did in first service. We're going to try to go a little bit quicker. We're going to start off with a couple of testimonies. And we're going to go ahead and use this microphone over here. We have these two sitting down right here. So uh, come on up, mission team, or some of you guys can... Uh, can crowd down there. Now, when we went into a village or to a location, uh, we would introduce ourselves, and we would say uh, uh, our name, our age, and um, here's a microphone right here. You uh, pass that down, and you can take this from right here, Connie, if you want, or Summer. We give our name, our age, and our favorite color. Sometimes we go uh, family or family herd there because it's a culture that really loves family. And so we would talk about our family, or we would talk about our favorite thing to do. So uh, just we're going to do it right now, and usually uh, 
everybody did it in Spanish, but I, I usually use an interpreter, so Raquel's going to be my interpreter. So, uh, hola, me llamo uh, Pastor Ted. Um, I am 48, and my favorite color is verde. Hola. Uh, we're going to go ahead and start with Raquel because she's already down here. Mi nombre es Armonía. Uh, mi favorito color es morado. Buenos días. Buenos días. Me llamo es Miguel. Tengo 45 años. Palabra de Dios. Hola, mi nombre es Arcángel. Mi color favorito es morado. Hola, buenos días. <laughs> Mi nombre es Summer. Tengo 16 años. Color favorito, uh, Amarillo. Um, hola, buenos días. Uh, yo me llamo Consuelo. Tengo 28 años. Y mi color favorito es azul. Buenos días. Buenos días. Me llamo Lucy. Tengo 83 años y me gustan todos los colores. Hola, buenos días. Mi nombre es Christian. Tengo 17 años y mi color favorito es gris. Uh, hola, buenos días. Me llamo Katia. Tengo 25 años uh, y color favorito es rojo. Okay. Uh, go ahead and grab the keyboard and uh, uh, not the keyboard, but the keyboard microphone. <laughs> Tia is going to play a special solo for you now. Uh, we're going to go ahead and do a, um, a song. And then uh, we're going to hear a couple of testimonies. We're going to do a song. We did a lot of songs. We, um, we had about 20 that we rotated. In the village, we did both Spanish and English songs. So we're going to do one that's uh, a partial Spanish part English. Okay. And uh, we, we use like cheat sheets uh, for the Spanish. So if they're looking at their phone, they're not texting during service. Uh, we usually would have like pieces of paper, but some of them are going to. Some of us know Spanish better than others. Uh, me being uh, the others. You are, you are my freedom, we 
Kind of give you a heads up that song. We also did uh, half the verses were in Spanish. Also, generally when we did this, almost all the songs that we did were uh, in front of the group, and the large groups were both English and Spanish. But we did mostly when we sang in the hospitals. It was a lot of English as well. We're going to do another song here in a minute, but let's do a couple of testimonies. So we're going to start with Connie is going to tell us. Uh, yeah. so Connie's going to tell us a little bit about uh, her experiences uh, at the village, La Paterique. Yes. Uh, so um, it was pretty interesting. Uh, when we first arrived to Le Paterique, uh, there was nothing but just bumpy, dusty roads. Uh, the only part that was paved was that street right in front of the mayor's house. Other than that, it was pretty rough. Uh, but that did not describe how the people were. The people were just so amazing, so beautiful, inside and out. Uh, they're serving hearts. Uh, they welcomed us so uh, 
incredible. And it was just so warm uh, to be around them. Every meal they cooked, every conversation, uh, it was just amazing and so life-giving. The people were just so willing and eager to serve the Lord. And everywhere we went, um, you see women stepping up and leading churches. Uh, There was a woman there that she was the head cook uh, at the church. And she was also the vice mayor of the city. And on top of that, she also led a church that she was in charge of. And so just seeing the need, the, the people were m- more than willing to step up and do something in the community uh, and just love on the kids and love on people. Uh, it was definitely inspiring for all of us and touching uh, just to see their servant hearts. And so people were awesome. <laughs> love them. Tia, you want to share a little bit about um, what we did in the villages and your experience? Yeah, absolutely. So um, Ted kind of shared earlier that we did uh, one town in eight villages. Um, We did the eight villages within two days. Day uh, one, we did five villages, and the next day we did three. Some villages we were there for like a good hour. Some we were there for 20 minutes, but God still definitely used us in that time frame where we thought was super short. The Lord still kind of allowed us to be with the kids, and so... Um, whenever Ted stepped in and Miss Lucy and Miss Sally, they ministered to the women and the kids came outside and played with us. In that time, we got to share bubbles and stickers and do salvation bracelets and just to see the smiles and the joy on the, um, in them through just those little things uh, was just really warming because um, <laughs> what uh, we see as little, uh, they see as a lot. And so their faith really fulfilled a lot of who they are in that time so even just blowing simple bubbles was just like the best thing for those kids and um, something I shared earlier too was that uh, when we went to the villages we saw um, like 30 40 60 kids just kind of depended and um, each set of kids were different and and within that uh, we got to play with football with them play soccer and uh, some kids didn't want to play and uh, we were kind of well, like, why do you want to play? And come to find out, a lot of those kids, when they had been waiting for us for five months, when they saw us that day, were wearing uh, their best outfits. So some kids um, either wore their best shoes because they had no other shoes, and so it was a lot of the reasons why some of them didn't want to get up and play as much. But just to see um, how they were just so excited to see us for five months, and we're not celebrities, we're not top people, you know, we're just there to share and show the love of Jesus Christ. So it was very moving to be with those kids. And just like Connie said earlier, um, something that kind of opened my eyes and I thought that he gave was just seeing the women. I think those women out there are just strong and just literally like have the greatest tenacity and perseverance that I've seen. And it was just inspiring for me as a young woman to realize that there's so much that I can do back here as just as much they did there. And so that was very um, moving and inspiring for me because they had women who would just hike two hours, four hours with their baby, three other kids to come to church, um, to just hear and just, they were just hungry for the Lord. Um, You know, that is something that I think we, Ted had mentioned in one of our debriefs one night, you know, like we don't even want to get up some Sunday mornings and drive 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes, but these women are hiking on unpaved, graveled mountain roads and that is just a real humbling thing to me and a reminder to me that, you know, God is is, is just <laughs> is just so fulfilling for us. And so that was just a lot of what I experienced in Le Patrique. Uh, before we do one more song, uh, Raquel, you wanted to share something. So this is a good time for Raquel. Raquel, here's something really cool about this team. 
Uh, a lot of us spoke Spanish. If you speak Spanish, raise your hand. That's you. <laughs> All right. So about it, keep it up. Keep your hand up. So almost half of our group uh, spoke Spanish, which meant we were able to, to share more, talk more. And as long as we coupled up with those that spoke or at least understood Spanish, it was dynamic. It was very, very special as opposed to some of our locations where we have like two translators for the whole group. This was just a real special opportunity for us all to share. Raquel was one of our translators. Uh, for me, the uh, Patrick was uh, awesome, and and to see the kind of leadership in them, and and when we spent, uh, you know, we split up, and the guys went to do some physical labor, and the women stayed behind, and we did uh, a different kind of labor, a more spiritual and encouragement labor. Um, you know, we sat there, and we see their strength, but they were tired. I mean, these women are mothers, and, and a lot of them are head of households. You know, their husbands are not there anymore, and they have kids, and uh, while I sat with them, Pastora uh, Julia gave her testimony, and two other women, you know, we shared testimony, and we wanted to hear theirs, and they shared theirs, and um, I just I was really encouraged by by them, and, and, and I was so glad that I was able to uh, continue to encourage them that, that our strength uh, as women is, is just like endurance and our faith in God, and, and you know, sometimes, you know, that takes us longer and just to be with them and learn so much from them uh, but one of the most uh, kind of like shocking moments to me was not when I was in the villages not when I was in the hospital not when I was at Casa David it's one of our days in downtown we were just sightseeing just for a few hours and there was this we stopped by a Catholic church and it was a very famous one and there was a man at the door on the floor or sitting on a block or something. He was just there crying, and he had a disease all over his skin. He had no eyes, and he was crying, waiting for something, waiting for a miracle. I don't know, and, and ignored. Everybody at the church ignored him. And I walked by, and my heart just, it broke for him. So I, a group of us went back. His name was Danny, and I prayed for him, and, and um, I just, I, and I let him know, you know, that, at the end of the day, is Christ alone. Christ alone is who saves. And and um, I, I, I hope and I pray that he heard that and that the Lord will continue. Because I know that we, it wasn't a coincidence that we were there and he was there at the same time that day at a Catholic church. <laughs> so it was, it was an amazing day. Okay, we're going to do a song. a song. This is a participation song, so we need you to participate. Uh, we're going to do we're going to do a short version because I want to get more testimonies in, and we have a drama we're going to share. This song is "Jesus Loves Me." Ever say "Jesus Loves Me." Jesus loves me. Okay, and me. we're going to do it one time in English. I'm going to say a phrase, and you're going to say it. For example, "Jesus loves me." Jesus loves me. Okay, that's the gist of it. All right, we're going to do it in English. There's a part where it goes, "He's the best." J E S U S. We're all going to go. Hoo! All right, on the count of three, let's go. Hoo! Uno, dos, tres. <laughs> All right, so we're going to go, he's the best, J-U-S-U-S, <laughs> All right, in English. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. This I know. This I know. For the Bible. Yeah. 
S-U-F. All right, now what we did is we did this song in Spanish when we did it. Okay, so see if you can repeat it. Repite. Okay. Cristo me ama. Cristo me Su palabra. Me hace ver. Que los niños. All right, that's pretty much what we did everywhere we went. But then we'd have a little contest where we go boys against girls. All right, so we're going to have boys against girls contest. All right, so everybody stand up. We're going to see who can uh, huh better. All right, I'm going to tell you right now, first service, girls won. I'm expecting more. I'm expecting more out of our hombres here, all right? Everybody, all the men go, hoo, 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 hoo. All right. <laughs> all right, let's, let's do the girls first, because men, we're going to know what we're up against, all right? Here we go. I'm scared. I'm scared. All right. All right. Testing, testing. I'm a little nervous. Here we go. Here we go. Cristo me ama. Cristo me ama. Bien lo sé. Bien lo sé. Su palabra. Su palabra. Me hace ver. Me hace ver. Que los niños. I think it's very easy decision here. The women, the women won. There's, I can't, I can't even pre pretend that we placed. All right. So we would play, we would sing this song over and over again. The kids would love it. The adults would love it. We would have sometimes a boys and girls competition. Then we would do a kids against grown-ups competition. And then we would all do it together one more time as loud as we could. But that was one of the fun songs that we did everywhere we went. So at this time, we're going to have uh, two testimonies while the drama gets ready. So uh, the next two people that we're sharing, uh, Lucy, Miss Lucy, would you like to share? Okay. Uh, here, Raquel. Here, Miss Lucy's going to share. Bring that microphone back over here. And uh, you, can, you can share in English or Spanish. And she's going to share in Spanish. Make sure you give her time to translate, okay? This is, uh, this is how we spoke half the time was through a translator. 
very exciting. Raquel was one of our translators. She translated for some of our testimonies as well as our group tra translators. So um, here you go, uh, Raquel. All right, Miss Lucy was our, our super senior. She was the grandma of the bunch, and she blew me away with her testimonies, her preaching, her work in the kitchen. She created meals uh, with some of the other team members. They worked together and um, share away. My experience. My, my first mission trip. I've never been in a mission before. And I've never given my testimony. In this trip, I did nine testimonies. <laughs> I've never prayed for anyone. With, in, out loud. I've always prayed quietly in silence. I was uh, surprised how the Holy Spirit came in me and I could pray for other people. And I had uh, fluid words coming. He says, I don't think I could ever say these words again unless something, you know, happened. My experience is more than anything a surprise to see uh, so humble people so poor. They're, they're conformed and they have a great faith. I saw people that had to climb up a, you know, a mountain. They had to uh, walk 30 minutes with the baby in their arms to come and hear the word. I talked to a lady that the, the, she told her that um, the day before that she had, didn't even have anything, not even a tortilla. And that kind of uh, shocked me. And it shocked me to also that um, all the people that are in charge to direct uh, everything that has to go on with the whole institution and how to take care of everything. They're very dedicated. And they're very honest. I've always been very mistrusting in my life. But this mission has opened my heart and in my mind. And I've made a promise with Pastor Omar that this year that I will put a percentage of my work to send it to them. That way that at least that's enough for one meal for the kids. 
él da de comer a 400 niños he, he, un día a la semana porque no le alcanza para más. He feeds 400 child, children one day a week because there's no more for more. Espero que Dios me ayude. I hope God helps us. Le doy gracias al pastor por haberme integrado en el Thank you Ted for letting me come in and be included. We're going to do drama right now, and then we're going to try to wrap up with some testimonies. I hope you guys got all afternoon. We're, doing, we're going uh, Latino style today. Just
Uh, we did a version of this skit in, in almost every location, every place that we went. We had different people play the different characters. Uh, the gist of the story is this, is that the chair obviously represents things that we shouldn't be doing. Sin and the word of God tells us things that we should stay away from. But there's two main points to the story. It's number one, that no matter what you do, no matter what trouble you get into, if you will seek God's face and pray, 1 John 1, 9 says that if we will confess our sins, that God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and set us free. The second thing this tells us is that if you pray for those that you love, that God will move and work in their life and on, on, uh, on their behalf uh, and will set them free through prayer and then once they turn. So we used this drama to transition to the gospel story, the gospel message, and then we broke up into groups. Uh, the, uh, half the group would take the kids outside and feed them a meal, do a salvation bracelet, which would tell them the story of salvation through colors. And then uh, they would uh, play games with them, do bubbles and do crayons. And then all the adults would stay inside and I would preach a message. And then we would also have testimony time with uh, those that stayed in the group uh, or stayed inside with the adults. So they would share their gospel story. So was, and then we'd have a prayer time, an altar time. We would pray and lay hands and believe God. We'd pray for a lot of healing, prayed for a lot of uh, uh, those to give their life to Christ. It was a beautiful time. All right, a couple more testimonies. Come on up. Those of you that uh, have this, our last testimony run. So those of you that wanted to share, this is uh, your time. Um, come on up, and, and I believe somebody else wanted to share, engage, yeah. So come on up. There's uh, microphones over there. There's going to be one right here. And come on up on the stage, okay? You can come on up. Here you go. Gage, you can be first because you're the first one up here. All right, here's the microphones right there, uh, right behind you. Uh, Sam, if you give them. All right, Gage, tell us about your experience. Uh well, it's kind of hard to wrap it all up because it was so much. But, uh, you know, I was just trusting God with, with going. I'm in school, so a lot of my life is all sucked up with just homework and everything. And I don't have a lot of money because it, it's all gone with school too. So I just kind of trusted God with the whole thing. You know, I didn't really know what I was going to get out of it at the time back in August. But <coughs> sorry, that was one heavy chair. Uh, but I just trusted God you know I invited him to work in me instead of putting up walls and saying well maybe another time or now is not really convenient for me because it really wasn't but I let God use me and um, with having no money I raised the $1,500 with all donations and some out of my pocket so I was like wow God you actually this worked like I had no money but you provided and then we went to the trip <clears throat> and, you know, I just took another step. I was like, I'm just going to keep letting God use me. You know, I'm not going to put up walls. I'm not going to let my pride get in the way. So God used me. I, you know, I spoke to orphan boys. We fed children. We helped build a church, which was cool. I got to meet the church, too, like our church. And, like, you don't realize who these people are on Sundays, because, or at least for me, because I don't really go out of my bubble. But, I mean, there's amazing people here, and, like, what an amazing way to get to know your church and build others. So, <clears throat> I don't know, this, this whole week was just one of, like, the best weeks of my life, because, like, God worked in me so much, and I got to see so many things. Like, if you just open up, like, if you, if you just invite them, because, like, I wouldn't have done this chair skit six months ago, I thought it was, like, too cool, or, you know, just, it's not me. You're pretty cool, Gage. 
but I did it. Like, I just, <laughs> I mean, the kids' faces when they saw that were just laughter and joy. And then after it was over, they, they wanted to talk to you because they thought you were funny and everything. It was just a great way. Like, if you see an opportunity, I just, just let God use you in it. And that's what I did. And he used me to reach out to others. So. Amen. Right. Sam's going to share with us a little bit about, uh, or Sam, yeah, is going to share with us about the hospital. So before we left, there was a lot of concern with Honduras and the state of Honduras and the presidential elections, how they were going sideways. And a lot of it was, a lot of it was actually pretty scary. Uh, when the U.S. government issues a warning and says, you know, even if you go to the embassy, they won't get you out if you decide to go, it, it, it's definitely something to consider. One of the verses that stuck out and that was constantly with me was Psalms 139, 9 through 10. It says, if I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. Um, that's one of the things that I definitely felt while I was with the kids. Um, and when we got into Honduras, there was armed guards just about every location. In fact, uh, when we got to Casa David, the hospital was about a block away. And uh, between the block to that hospital, it was kind of scary. There was guys with, uh, you know, firecrackers. They have something called Año Viejo, which is where they make a, uh, a stuffed, looks like a scarecrow kind of person, but they put the president's face on it, and they blow him up and set him on fire. Um, so he was right there. Um, as we walked to the hospital, we passed some of that. Uh, you Fireworks are going off yeah. all day long. Yeah, everywhere. All day long. And they sound a lot like gunshots because they don't restrict gunpowder Mortars. They're like, Poof. Yeah, it's pretty cra pretty amazing. Uh, <laughs> pretty crazy, pretty amazing. Well, it when, was. You walk, when you walk into the hospital, uh, you have to walk past this armed guard. He looks like he's got like an M60 or something, some automatic rifle. He greets you with a surprising, he greets you with a big smile. You go through the waiting area, and there's people there waiting to be seen in the emergency. Um, then you pass through that, and we, like Ted mentioned earlier, we had to climb eight flights of stairs. Um, the eighth floor was, uh, was a uh, children's ward. The seventh floor was also children's ward, but it was the ICU. Uh, on the eighth floor, we went into one of the rooms, and uh, when we went in, there's there's a few children in there. One uh, was uh, 14. His name was Anthony. And uh, what he didn't know, and something that God had been working on me, was when I pray for this trip, just pray for one person, for one person that God's going to send me to. And so when we, when we walked into the room the very first day, Anthony was there, and this he was sitting in the back in a wheelchair. Um, he was 14 years old, and it was, it was kind of hot because there's no AC. All the windows are open. And his little grandma or his mom uh, was reading a Bible, a, a Nuevo Testamento with Psalms in it. And uh, she was just reading a story how Jesus was walking through the city, and Anthony was just sitting there. So we all got to sing songs, and, and we all got to lift up Anthony that day. And one of the things that I remember that night is I remember telling Ted at dinner time how people were sticking in my mind. Like God had put people on my heart, their names, their faces, the situation that happened to them and their families. And so I wasn't sure if we were going to get to go back and see Anthony or get to go back and see Angel or some of the other people that were there. But I knew that God had placed these people on my heart. Well, fortunately, we got to go back uh, the day before the last day of the, of the uh, trip. And we got to spend some more time with these people. Um, there was a completely different atmosphere. The first time we got to the hospital, it was, it was kind of empty because it was New Year's. Uh, the second day was really full. Um, when we got to go up to see the kids, we spent more time with them. And the Lord kind of just placed on my heart to ask Anthony if, if he's ever actually asked Christ into his heart with his words, his mouth, and just confessed 
you know, Jesus. And uh, when I asked him that, his mom and he both said no. And what was in my heart at the time was uh, I was scared but also very excited. Uh, when, I, when I walked him through the uh, passages in the scripture, when we went through the, the plan of salvation and we prayed, I opened my eyes and I saw Anthony and his mom with a big smile on their face. It's something that I remember feeling when I first got saved. And we went through these bracelets that Raquel and Rebecca were doing that day, which is, there's a black one, black is for sin. And he was wearing it. And I said, that black one is the sin that you used to have. And the very next one is red. And I went through it again. I said, that blood, that sense that red is for blood, the blood that's, that's washed you clean, which is the very next one, a white one. And when we got to the blue one, there's, the blue one is for uh, baptism. And so I talked to Carmen, and apparently a lot of these uh, people that are there, because it's a free hospital, they don't have a big church. Um, in fact, many of them don't have a church period that they go to. And so Carmen worked with uh, him and his family. In fact, the day we came back, she went back up to the hospital and gave him some more information and is working on getting him baptized. The very next one after the blue is green, which stands for once you accept Christ and you get baptized, God begins to grow you in, ma in many ways you never imagined and things that you just can't explain. Uh, it actually talks about that in Mark, which we read through during the week we were there. And then after the green, which is something that really moved me too, is yellow. And it moved me because he was in a wheelchair. He was having a problem walking, and he looked pale, and he looked sick. And yellow stands for gold, streets of gold. And I told him that right now he may not be able to imagine running and flying on streets of gold, but one day when this life that we've been given is passed away, We'll be able to hold hands as brothers and walk on streets of gold, in fact, run and do so many amazing things up there. And, and in fact, we'll be able to do that with Jesus Christ. So that was such a testimony to uh, our church, to the people that were there. If you would have been in the room, you would have felt the presence of God. Uh, Ted was back there singing and people were ha handing out stickers and there was many things going on at the same time. But definitely Jesus was there with us. So I want to thank God for that. And um, the, I'm about to wrap things up, but before. The other thing that we did is we also passed out sandwiches. Uh, we passed out sandwiches in the emergency waiting room and in the ICU. Uh, it, was really, um, it was really hard to see because some kids were there waiting to be seen full of blood on their shirts. Uh, and they, some of them and many of them were actually pretty small. Uh, but the most important thing is God was there. While we were passing out sandwiches, no one gave us any kind of hard problem. Everyone was really accepting and we, we passed out sandwiches, chips, cookies, and drinks. The hospital staff was coming in, taking pictures from within the hospital. They just couldn't, ima they couldn't imagine what was going on. And I remember Ted said this one thing. 2017 has been a tough year. But 2018, where there is hopelessness, there is pain and concern. 2018 is a year of hope. And it's a year of Christ Jesus. And so we got to encourage those people. And it was so powerful and so moving. Um, and I just want to thank you guys that helped support us and help us be the hands and feet of Jesus because what you guys did and the way that you support us allowed us to go. So thank you guys so much. Amen. You know, Sam was, <laughs> Sam was talking about the, just the culture change. I mean, going to a grocery store, uh, armed guards, uh, bulletproof vests, uh, gas stations, uh, machine guns, and, you know, it's a, it's a very high, uh, because the city has a history of high crime, the last few years they've militarized the police, and so there's, like, literally machine guns and metal detectors, and, you know, everywhere you go into any building, it's, it's, a, it's a different culture, 
but uh, you know, the Lord is free to work and to move in the heart of people uh, everywhere. Uh, she's gonna, uh, Sally's, Miss Sally's gonna tell us a little about Casa David. Could you check her microphone to make sure it's plugged in? Uh, yeah, push at the bottom of it. There we go. We're all good. Anyway, uh, Lucy's family said, take care of my mom, take care of my mom. All George, uh, Michael, Patty, but Lucy take care, took care of me. Everywhere I went, she was right there taking care of me. But uh, it was such a blessing um, to get to cook, to get, um, the Casa David is like our Ronald McDonald's house. And we went in, we helped cook meals, we, we made sandwiches for the, for the hospital. Um, I got to meet some of the, the people that were housed there. And there was this girl that had had a, a little baby and he it was born premature and he was not even drinking an ounce and they would not let her have this baby. And so we, I prayed with her, and um, the next day, he drank a whole ounce of milk, and she, she got to bring him home. So we were, me and her were rejoicing and praying over that. And I got to meet a young man that he had um, put his coffee down, and, and the baby picked up and burned her whole little stomach. And so I prayed with him about the baby, and um, when I got to go visit the hospital, I got to pray with him and his wife and got to meet the little baby, and that was such a blessing. And to see Casa David provide breakfast, provide lunch, provide coffee, and a warm bed for, the, for these people that wouldn't have nowhere to stay but in a cold hospital. And while I went to the hospital, I also met another lady that had been there two days and sleeping downstairs in the cold. And I told her about Casa David, that Casa David has room for her. And so the, the, the last meal that we served, she, she came in to the house and she had a friend with her. And I was so blessed with Casa David because they do so much for these people that are hurting and in pain and, and, um, and, and hurting for their, for their loved ones in the hospital. And, and that Casa David is there to help them and all along the way and pray with them. And, and it was such a blessing to be there. Amen. Uh, Michael, now, not everybody on our team has had a chance to, to share their story, so grab them. There's so many stories and exciting aspects and angles and little nuances. We had a debrief time each night where we kind of talked about our experiences and we all cried at least once during the week, maybe every day, uh, just as God was moving in our heart and moving us, uh, as God was changing us and moving us in, in a new direction in our life. Yeah, it was a very humbling uh, trip, uh, very emotional at times, uh, uh, fighting back tears, uh, so many of the days, um, we, we saw God move uh, both in us and uh, through us, and uh, we were so well received, as Sam uh, touched on, you know, we went there with some kind of mixed expectations, because we didn't know how we'd be received, we heard there was anti-American sentiment because of the, pre the elections and so forth, and it was amazing, we know, um, I mean, I know we prayed, but I know it was evident that we were being prayed for, and we're really grateful for that, because we saw such receptive people, such around us, uh, in the people that we visited with, uh, again, really three distinctive places we went to, La Parrique, and uh, the hospital in Casa David, and then the, the, um, the boys and, and girls' homes, and we could have realistically spent the whole time at any one of those three places, but we were blessed to be able to spend uh, a portion of our time in each, and it was just amazing. Each one of them, um, I mean, you see the pictures of Nisi and 
all these uh, beautiful children, and, and they really touched our hearts. Um, at the, the boys and girls' homes, um, at the boys' home particularly, uh, and there were some, some boys that had walls up. I mean, you could tell they were just really hardened by their experiences. Um, uh, these are foster kids. Parents left or have been living on their streets. And so uh, it was, you know, some of them knew Christ, but many of them didn't. And, and so we just encourage them, you know, keep your hearts open, you know, and, and encourage those that knew Christ um, to, to, you know, don't turn away, you know, keep, keep along that path. And, and it was just beautiful to see these guys that were kind of hardened and, man, they didn't want to get close to you. And, and then at the end, you could see them initiate their hugs with us. And, and it was just uh, really touching. Um, and then the girls' home, uh, these girls were kind of sassy. <laughs> they, uh, they're very sweet. Most of them knew Christ. Um, uh, you could see God working in all of their lives. And we were able to leave a guitar with them and, and a drum, the, uh, 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 Jenga, uh, djembe, um, that uh, you could tell they were really going to enjoy. And it was just a, an incredible trip. We had an amazing team. It was beautiful to see how we all worked together. Um, I mean, just just the giftedness of everyone in the group and just coming together. Uh, it was just beautiful seeing God work uh, in and through us. And, and I know each one of us was just touched in a in a mighty way. Um, uh, it was you know, in Honduras, there's a whole community of people that live in the trash dump as, as their work and how they live. And some of the kids and the boys and the girls' homes were actually living in the, in the garbage mountains and the garbage dumps, and, and now they have a home. So that was pretty exciting. Um, I'm going to ask our ushers to come forward, and we're going to go ahead and wrap up the service. You guys can go ahead and have your seat. We're going to close our service. We went a little bit longer than usual, but, man... We have a lot to share, so uh, grab one of these people. If you went on the mission trip, just stand up right where you are. Stand up, mission trip team. Thank you. Thank you, guys. I'm going to have the ushers come forward. Thank you again for sending us. Uh, you can be seated. Uh, I want to remind you, the band can come up and get ready if they want to because it's kind of a mess up here. Uh, <laughs> uh, I want to remind you guys that... that it's, it's your giving that enables us to do things like this. And, and what really God has called us to do is, is not just be uh, missionaries overseas, but to be missionaries across the street. God has called us, every one of us, if you are a child of God, if you bowed the knee to Jesus Christ, and if you've pledged your life to Jesus, you are a missionary. And your mission field is going to be school tomorrow. It's going to be your workplace this afternoon or tomorrow. It's your home. It's your neighborhood. You are a missionary where God places you. And sometimes we get this opportunity to travel and be a missionary to other places, to the other most parts of the earth. But it is important that we understand we are called to be missionaries first at home in this place, right where we are. And what we have done there, we are all, if you are a Christian, called to do here. So your giving allows us to be able to do that, to be here, to do the outreach that we do, and to reach out to our community and continue to be a light in this city and the uh, surrounding area. When we have signups for our next mission trip, don't hesitate. Plug in, be involved, and be faithful in your participation in our church and your giving as God blesses us and allows us to do more like this. Amen? Amen. Let's stand. We're going to close the service.
And I, again, I want to say thank you for those of you that sent us and contributed towards that, whether through our fundraisers or through special gift uh, giving. And this new year is a year of hope. And this coming Sunday, I'm going to be starting a new series on Philippians. We're going to find out what our one thing is and what God has called us to do this year in 2018. So if you want to jumpstart that, go ahead and start Philippians. Chapter 1 is where we're going to start next Sunday. Let's pray, and I'm going to give it over to the band. Father, thank you so much for the Holy Spirit that empowers us to do things that we never imagined we could do. That, God, you provided for us and you sent us. And, Lord, those in this room, God, you, you see their heart. It's moving on their heart and their life to surrender their life to you and to surrender to your will. God, I pray that we would all, God, surrender to the will of God for our lives, that we find ourselves at the feet of the cross, and that we would stand as forgiven men and women and children of God on mission to change the world and to tell the world of the hope of Jesus Christ. God, thank you so much, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Thank you for listening to the Living Way Church podcast. If you enjoyed this message, we hope you come visit us in Garland, Texas. For directions and more information about the church, go to www.living.